I always really tried to put my patient hat on. I took off my I work here hat and put on my patient hat to make sure that I asked all the right questions. This is Voices of Duke Health. I'm Dr. Carrie Adair. Today on the podcast, Sierra Stubblefield and I interview a Duke employee whose area of work suddenly hit very close to home. My name is Cheryl Morgan Maxey. I've been at Duke for 31 years now, and I have been working with the oncology investigational drugs for 29 years of that 31 years at Duke. It's interesting that this interview is happening at this time because six years ago this week, my father died of a brain tumor. So I found my tumor the Friday before his memorial service. He had Alzheimer's and declined rapidly. And we discovered when we took him to the hospital that he had a rapidly growing glioblastoma. And so we went into hospice care with him and he passed away a week later on a Sunday evening. And that Friday, I got out of the shower and happened to look down and noticed a bulge on my breast. So in the back of my head, I knew what it was, but I immediately my charted my primary care physician and set an appointment for the following Monday. Monday, I went to that primary care appointment and she was also concerned and was able to work me in to get a mammogram with an ultrasound. And during the ultrasound, what they said was, well, this looks very suspicious. They decided to go on ahead and biopsy it and confirm that it was a breast cancer tumor. And from there, we started the plan of what was going to happen with further testing. We started with chemotherapy. I had stage 2A, so it was a largest tumor, but I did not have any lymph node involvement. So I had six cycles of this chemotherapy regimen. But then the immunotherapy actually continued for a solid year and had the surgery about two weeks after my last chemotherapy. And then radiation began about a month after that. So what was your care like? I think I got excellent care. I think I got the right treatment for me. What I really learned, even though I knew this, is everybody has such individualized treatment. I know so many people who have had breast cancer and no two people I know have had the exact same treatment because it is so individualized based on your tumor type, your age, where you fall in menopause, premenopausal, most postmenopausal, size of tumor, lymph node involvement. All that science helps target that treatment to you. And I just can't say enough good things about the doctors that I interacted with, even though I worked in the building, but I always really tried to put my patient hat on. I took off my I work here hat and put on my patient hat to make sure that I asked all the right questions. What was that like going and having your radiation and your treatment and then having to switch gears and hop into your work mode. <laughs> My coworkers were really, really great about it and always, you know, making sure I felt okay. I really put on, like I said before, my patient hat when I was being treated 
And I tried really hard to take care of myself and continued a lot of the activities that I did before treatment. I kept riding my bike and paddling my kayak and going walking and going hiking and being as busy outside of work as I could because that really helped with the fatigue as well. And it was just really important to keep doing those activities to maintain my health, but also to maintain my mental health during this. Because getting out there, even though my bike rides became much shorter, it was really important for me to get out there and get into that sunshine and keep what was normal before cancer. What were other things that kept you motivated during your treatment in kind of this phase of life? You know, my husband and I called it just a bump in the road. This was just a bump in the road, a little bit of a inconvenience is the way we tried to look at it. We learned really quickly that that first round of chemo didn't really bother me, but that second round of chemo kind of kicked my butt. We had traveled that weekend and that's when the nausea really hit me and I knew that I was dealing with something of that I had to pay attention to. So we learned not to travel the weekend after I got chemotherapy. So we had to, to make some changes there, but it was really important for us to, to maintain some sort of sense of normalcy. After you got through chemo and started to have that return to normalcy or even before that return to normalcy, how did you celebrate your victory of beating cancer? During every cycle, I would take a picture with, you know, what cycle it was that I was counting. I think counting down and, and having those goals in place of this is only a temporary thing. So I've got all these pictures of me sitting in the chair in the treatment room, holding up, you know, a one, two, three, four, five, six. I have a, a photo from the, my last radiation treatment, but most importantly, that following December when I had my last immunotherapy treatment, I got some pink fabric and my husband and I went up to Hanging Rock and it was the middle of December and we hiked up to the top of Hanging Rock in the snow flurry because <laughs> it was snowing there and I stood on top of that rock and waved my pink flag to signal the end of treatment. So even though I'm six years from diagnosis, this December is going to be five years from end of treatment. So we're going to return back to Hanging Rock to wave that flag again, because five years is a very significant thing. And again, I'm five, I'm now six years from diagnosis, but I really want to celebrate that end of treatment. At that time, five years ago or six years ago, what did you think? it would look like now, like your life would look like now, and how accurate is that? You know, I think five years ago, I probably would have thought that I, I wouldn't think about cancer a lot, but what I have found is I actually do think about it. It's really weird. I get a lot of anxiety around scan time, which I think is normal. I've had to learn how to cope with that, but I think I knew deep down that things were going to be okay. 
and that I was going to be continue moving forward with my life and enjoying all the things that we enjoyed before, but even more so just because I feel like I was really fortunate that even though I had the diagnosis, I did catch it early. I wish I caught it earlier, but I did catch it early and I had a, a good outcome. So before you noticed the lump or, or were diagnosed, what did you think of cancer? What was cancer in your mind? What, what was that, that idea or that diagnosis like? So, you know, I know cancer has this huge spectrum of treatments with high success rates. And then cancer also is an evil disease that takes people away. I think that the fact that I work with investigational drugs and where I was in my treatment, I know that two of the agents that I had that were part of my treatment plan did not exist as standard of care three years prior to when I received it. So I know that research that we did at Duke helped contribute to my success because we did those clinical, we did some of the clinical trials that two of the agents that I received that were in my regimen, you know, we were part of that research through the years. And I think that's really important. I think it's really important for people to realize that research is a very big component in all kinds of care, but really in oncology. And I remember Dr. Markham telling me, your cancer is very treatable. Don't think about the clinical trials you've worked on where the patients are only on for a couple of cycles and progress. That is not your situation. So I think that was helpful that he was able to connect what I did for my daily life to my particular diagnosis of cancer. I'm feeling a little emotional, to be honest, of like the impact that your work had on your treatment. When you noticed the lump, what were some of like the first thoughts or feelings that you had? Dread, definitely dread. Because again, you know, when you find something, you go to the worst case scenario. There was no in-between. It was either nothing in my brain or it was horrible. And what I had was, you know, definitely something, but it was in between those two and it was treatable. So also the timing was really pretty terrible because I couldn't, couldn't act on it. It had been a very emotional month, the last month anyway. So it was really hard for me to wrap my head around it. I just knew I just had to get it checked out and deal with it, however, whatever it was. So how, how has your experience, if it has, how has your experience changed how you view your work and how you view Duke? I don't think it necessarily changes how I view my work because I've always thought that the work we engage in 
is powerful and helpful that even though clinical trials may not help a particular person get through their particular cancer, that data will or might help other patients. I always knew that Duke had great cancer care and the only thing it did to change how I felt about Duke for giving care was I was exposed to a different department that I didn't work closely with down in radiation oncology because most of my work has been with the medical oncology team. The care down in the radiation oncology team by the radiation oncology team was great. And I saw a different piece of the puzzle that goes towards that complete cancer care that Duke talks about. And it's just because I had not been exposed to exactly how that puzzle piece was. But now, since I have experienced that as a patient, I understand some of the bigger picture about the care that is given. What would you tell someone who is considering getting their cancer treatment at Duke about your experience? So what I tell everybody, no matter what kind of cancer they have, when they're coming to Duke, or even if they're going somewhere else for treatment, is dig around and find out every service they offer and take advantage of it. Every large cancer center is going to have some sort of support center they might not have a boutique the way we do. They might not have, you know, everything exactly the way Duke does, but take advantage of it. Go find that counselor that's available to you. Go find that support group that will be available to you or, you know, your family members. You know, find out about the nutrition because I know a nutritionist came and spoke to me at the beginning of my treatment a clinical pharmacist, you know, even though I work in pharmacy, again, I put on my patient hat and made sure I asked those questions about how is this going to affect my taste? How is this going to affect, you know, every part of my being during this chemotherapy? So find out and take advantage of every single service they offer because they're not just treating the, the cancer, they're treating the whole person. I didn't know that all of those kinds of services are offered and that's pretty incredible. So is there anything along the lines of, you know, your, your outlook, any wisdom from your experience that you feel like you gained that you might not have gained if you hadn't had cancer? You know, I don't, I don't know if it's, if it's true wisdom, but it's the whole keep moving forward was a mantra that I said to myself a lot during treatment. And, you know, it sounds cheesy about don't take things for granted, but, you know, it's the experiences of everyday life going out. And, you know, again, we love to, to ride our bikes. We love to kayak. So it's about going out and finding those herons or egrets or gators getting every photo of them, but enjoying every part of your life that you can. I don't, I don't know that cancer necessarily made me appreciate that anymore. Maybe it did. So that's a tough question. 
Many thanks to Cheryl Morgan Maxey for sharing her story. Thanks also to Jenny Clay and Sierra Stubblefield for their help on the episode. I'm Carrie Adair. This is Voices of Duke Health.